This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Ladies, your workouts are about to get an upgrade. The new Inspire leggings by Kalia are exactly what you want when it comes to activewear. It's their most versatile collection yet. They look good, feel good, and stay put. Using Lycra Adaptive Fiber, it compresses and molds to the body like a second skin. And it's unbelievably stretchy, so you can move however you want. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear is a huff a puff and Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in this song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Hello Boom. It's time for Wolf and Al I can see it in this? your eyes Because you've s- gone big for the last couple of weeks You've gone really big into it And then suffered like, like a marathon runner who sprints off the finish line or the start line, sorry. Yeah. And then, you know that guy this year in the marathon who sprinted and he led for like, I think he led the marathon for three minutes. Yeah, what was his name? Arsenal. <laughs> oh, wowzers. I'm sorry. Topical Rom's in the house. I'm sorry. I just, you know, mock the week's gone. I'm just trying to figure out a fucking way, an outlet for this stuff, man. Do you know what I mean? I, I actually really suffered badly from the whole Arsenal Man City thing. Why? Well, I was gigging in Manchester. Uh, on Saturday night at the Museum of Football, I did a corporate shout out. Actually, amazing. Um, I don't know if you have you seen Man v Fat, which is a five a side league. For, I saw um, a post about it from a friend of mine that was involved. That was my first uh, awareness. Of it's Man v genuinely Fat. incredible the work they do. So it's yeah. guys, overweight guys, guys who are struggling with their mental health, who get together, play five a side, and try to lose weight. Some of them, like there's a guy, a couple of guys there who lost like ten stone each. Mm. Okay, this, Mate, is far, this is really far too earnest for me to go in two-footed on, so thanks for that. I feel like, <laughs> Mate, I'm, talk- I feel like I'm talking me. to someone in the front row of a gig that works for the NHS or something. It's impossible. <laughs> Mate, right, 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 right. It's okay to be earnest. It's okay to be humble. It's okay to put your arm around someone and say, well done, bro. <sighs> God, okay. I mean, yes, it is okay to do all these things. I don't want to sound like I, I don't think that. But, you know, this is a it's a difficult... You know, if you start off by saying something noble you've been doing, it really just fucked me for the podcast. I'm running on fumes as it is, mate. Do you know what I mean? So, hey, listen. So, it was, uh, just to say, you know, it was uh, it was an incredible evening, but afterwards, there was a lot of Man City fans celebrating Manchester, and some of them were getting very, like, it was quite raucous, considering, like, everyone, like, they're the best team by a long way, right, Man City? Yeah. Like, yeah. If it was Arsenal won it, that would have been a, bit of a shock and you'd expect every Arsenal fan in you know in England to be going absolutely wild because it was completely like it was just the, the underdog story. City winning is, is like the school bully beating the wimpiest kid in the year. Yeah. Uh well it was, it was crazy man. The only thing I think about that is um well I think Man City can be Man City or, or one other uh it won't be Arsenal, but I don't... Th- well, it might be Arsenal, but I think Newcastle are looking like... This- I know this isn't a football podcast, but Newcastle are on the up. Man United are probably going to be better next season. But Man City are going to be there or thereabouts for the foreseeable future, aren't they? And oh, so dominate. Yeah, and so it'll just get to a point where they'll start coming, calming down. Like You know, like, I don't know. It's, it, Mate, it, they've won it five times in, what, Six years, yeah, five right. years or whatever. If, it, if I'm honest with you, it's yeah, that's why I'm all about FPL now. I'm really not like, okay. I mean, I can't. This is 
I would accept that if that was some sort of alternative league <laughs> where there was less money and like, you know, it was some sort of like worthy thing where they'd set it up and they're putting money into commu- into local communities and stuff like that. And, but that's the way you talked about it. But what it actually is, is it's a fantasy league based on the same players in the same game. So, so you know, don't start pretending that you're off grid now. And if Steph- I'll tell you I'm what, out- man. If- Listen, I'm out of it. Do you know what? I'm out of the Premier League, man. What I like doing is setting up an imaginary team made up of the same players and seeing how they compete. What are you talking Mate, about? If we're going to talk about league wins and like, you know, we'll have football here. I've got a shout out Ian Sterling. He has done an incredible job in our league. Oh, Russell Howard. Oh, please, <laughs> Tom, shut the fuck up. Russell Howard has been. You're having, you're, having a go, you're having a go at Man City fans for celebrating their team winning the league. And then you're taking time out of our podcast to congratulate people that are fucking done well in your fantasy league. <laughs> what are you doing? A lot of people are asking if there's going to be a Wolf in our fantasy league next year. No, there isn't. So... What? Don't just say it like that. At least confer with me off the pod. Well, ask me off the pod then. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. oh, listen, if you're happy to do the admin on it... I'll do the, the admin way, on it. God, God, you've God, got to show God, some due diligence. God, At least get Theo, Alex or Charlie to run the team for listen, you. do me a favour. Before we logged onto the podcast, you used the word due diligence. That's obviously become your phrase of the day. I, I don't know what you're doing, but I've never, heard you, I've never heard you say due diligence before. You know what? I've now you heard know you what? say it twice can I, in the can last I break down? Can I break down why it's my new thing, right? Okay, God. Right, obviously, we had all the dick swinging last week about you being at the BAFTAs, right? So we didn't, um, no, 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 no. We didn't have the dick swinging. You you instigated that, all right? Right. Yeah, I instigated it because it was a big thing that happened to you, right. right? Big thing happened to me this, I went to Buckingham Palace week jar. Week oh, start, my right? God. Yes, of course you did, man. And can I just say, first of all, congratulations on sort of that turnaround because I know you've always been, you've always been, a complete Republican, anti-royalist, fuck the royal family. I'd never accept an OBE. I'd never accept oh, an MBE. And then the second you got an invite, you fucking put your whistle on and you're headed down there with a big old grin All on I've face. ever said about the royal family is I wish I'd been consulted a bit more with the combination because I think I'd have done Charles, who I call Charles now because, you know, I've been to his ass. Because he can't um, hear you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just say, right? Amazing cut days. Shout out to Prince's Trust. Incredible work that they do. Yeah, Genuinely they do. amazing. I mean, dear um, God, I feel like I'm talking to fucking Bob Geldof on this podcast. <laughs> no, right. It was amazing meeting Charles. You know who I absolutely buzzed off meeting? Camilla? No, she wasn't there. She was off. Oh. I think she was in the kitchen knocking up sandwiches. Um, that was are incredible... you drinking Prime? Are you drinking Prime? Yeah, but this is not... I'm just... I'm, oh, yeah. my God. No, no. Oh, who... Don't you fucking dare... Don't you? You come at me. You come you at I me. Come, what do you mean I come at you? About raw families and stuff, and then you're sitting there supping back on a prime. At, what is it? Quarter past seven in the morning. In my defence. Like, hold on. In my There's defense. no defence. And the way you lifted the can, it was like, I'm surprised you haven't got like a diamond fucking bracelet on. You've basically become Logan or Jake Paul. Listen, okay. I, 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 it's, it's an energy drink. It's the only one I've got in the house. I've only got Prime, as you know. I don't even drink tap water. It's always Prime. How many Prime cans of Prime have you got in your house? 20, maybe. I don't know. What? Well, uh, but hold on. I, it, it, just you to are be, living swaggy. I'm not living swaggy. Are they, are they, How many Primes are you drinking a day for? No, this is like the first one I've had in a while. Like, let me, can I just fucking know? I don't know. This is. You, you've, you're talking about your charity work and now I'm getting absolutely fucking smashed to pieces here. Mate, look, if I'm Bob Geldof in this fucking situation, you're McHupnell. Wow. <laughs> wow. There um, is no doubt. No, let me tell you what happened. They, they, were, they, they sent me the prime because I bumped into KSI. I, I told this story a while ago. I bumped into KSI at, a, at some radio station and he. I told him that my kids are into prime and then they... they Every now and again, they send me some prime. Like so, and and I am running on fumes at the moment. I came back from a gig late last night. I'm doing this. I mean, my life is not hard, by the way. Let me just clarify that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not complaining. And then I'm doing the audio book for my children's book that's coming out in July. And then I've got four gigs tonight. So I'm just sort of. Yeah. I, I, do, you, do you know? Do you ever have that thing where you you wake up in a little bit of a panic about what your day's got? What your yeah, day, yeah. That's but what, what you should be me. doing as well. Have a hearty breakfast, my baby. Do you reckon? 
have a hearty breakfast. The only thing I okay, this is disgusting, but the only thing I slightly worry about having a hearty breakfast in all yeah, truth. Yeah, because you know when your day is that that full on. Because I'm basically as soon as I finish here, jump in the car, go to the podcast, uh, go to the audio book, and then I go straight from the audio book to do the gigs, and it's like four gigs that I'm just like running between. I don't know where the shit time is in that. Do you know what I mean? Like, but that's a, tr- a tricky one. At lunch, get, when you get to the audio book, have a poo then. That's what I was doing when we were doing... I don't uh, want it to be my first recently. act arriving at the studio. Well, yeah, but, mate, get it out of you because you'll be back. Or just have that edge to the book. But then if you need a poo, you're going to have to need a poo for the whole of the read because then you get that sort of, like, edge of your seat fucking okay. vibe well, to it. Guys, guys out there, if you ever happen to listen to the audio book of Little Muffin Drops the Mic, uh, you will hear an urgency in the read. Uh, and you'll know that's because Tom Davis gave me a poo strategy before I went in to, to do that. Anyway, Tom, we have digressed massively okay. because you're talking about your charity work and the cool. stuff that you're involved with, Charlie. And then uh, you got distracted by my So my... Charles, Charles was amazing to me, right? Incredible. Yeah. You know who absolutely buzzed my mind? And this is where due diligence came from. Bugsy Malone. Oh, I love Bugsy Malone, man. I can't even tell you, right? When, number one, when, but like the day before we were doing the awards, incredible young people. Yeah, on, when he came up and did his award, right? I'd done mine about two people before and I'd egged it massively. I sort of got a few words wrong on the autocue. Another thing that happened to me recently, autocues, by the way, can go and fuck themselves. They're the worst things ever. It's a, it's a tricky it's a them. tricky proposition. I, I'm not, I won't deny that. But anyway, go on. Yeah, you know, and when you're dyslexic, it makes it even harder, right? Yeah. So the nerves I had, and then I sat down uh, and I was just like, oh man, it was awful. And then Bugsy Malone came on and he kind of freestyled what he was going to say and he spoke from the heart, which spoke in that, yeah, I can't think, you know, Bugsy Malone. And he's just so fucking cool. Everything was just, he didn't, he just, he was just himself. Anyway, after we met Charles and stuff, I uh, I went over to Bugsy Malone and sort of, had, I was a bit thirsty, but I had a chat oh, in the palace. Oh, but he's, no. everything about him, I thought I looked good. Bugsy you did look looked, good. You looked unbelievable. My God, though. Bugsy looks incredible. And he, by the way, shout out, he's an amazing, lovely man. But he said to me, he went, um, the Charles not much about you. And I was like, yeah. And he went, he did his due diligence on every fucking person in this room. That I respect. And when he said wow. due diligence, I've used it every day since in any circumstance. I Mate, I mean, listen, due diligence is important. I mean, I, uh, I, uh, I love due diligence, and I think it's it's uh, something I. No, but in all, in all, in all serious, a, on, in, an England shirt with due, due diligence number one. That's, on a, the back. that's, a, that's a great shirt. You got the or shoulders. Just due for diligence it. done. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I. Uh, one of the things like when you when I brought out when I did the last book. Every time you when you do a book, you have to, you, or when you do anything, as you know, you've been doing it for the curse. Which can I just take this opportunity to say? Is a fucking masterpiece, man. I'm so oh, thank you, bro. I'm so proud of you oh, for making you, that show, man, and your performance in it and everything. I just, I, it's just, I oh, can't you, believe my friend is responsible for that. That I, I, oh, like, man. it's just Good amazing, friend. man. So, if you haven't watched the curse, please do watch it. It's, it's Tom's, Tom, Tom and James created uh, with the people just enough and boys created that show. It's amazing writing. The performance, your performance in it is, it's so good, man. I, I, oh, I just, you, you're so fucking talented, man. I'm so proud of you. But anyway, um, you. that you. wasn't what I wanted to talk about. What the fuck? I've, 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 you were I've, talking about press. You were talking about Yeah, press sorry. My, I've, I had your dick so far into my mouth that I forgot what I was talking about. But um, it was a nice moment. It was a yeah, it was moment. really. Um, but like whenever you do, whenever you do a show, or whatever you have to do a day of like uh, of just like nonstop promo for it. So it's like yeah, it's, yeah. with the radio ones, they'll put you in front of a laptop, or you go to a studio and then you just like interview, interview, interview. So I did it for my last book. It was the last time I had one like a mega intense one, and so it was a whole. It was a day of just like I think it's like a whole like nine to five of doing radio interviews, right? And um the difference between people that actually had any awareness of what the book was and people that had just been told 30 yeah, seconds yeah, before yeah. you're coming on, he's got a book coming out. Like it's, it, I don't expect people to have read the book. Obviously, I don't. It's too, that's too much of an expectation for people that are interviewing loads of people. Yeah, but yeah. some people go, <laughs> I like one, I won't know who it is. But I'd been told they were desperate to, for me to come on and chat about it. And then, honestly, the opening thing was, so you're... you're, you're um, 
It says here you're doing a, you've done a book. You've done a book. So what's the, um, what's, the, yeah, what, yeah, what is, uh, what is the, what's the so, book about? Yeah, is it, is yeah it, tell is us it about fiction? this. So it's it as, as good, uh, as good as, uh, as good as gets, no, as good as it gets. Yeah. And so what is it? Uh, it's a, uh, like, is it your first work of fiction? Actually, it's a, it's a memoir. So, oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. And, and it's about your life because before being a comedian, you were a surveyor. <laughs> it's, like, it's, exactly, it's exactly like that. But, you know, like, so so anyway, the point I'm trying to make is King Charles, obviously, he's got a lot on. He's got plants yeah. to talk to. He's got uh, people to have a go at for not putting the stuff on his table in the right position. So, you know, for him to have done his due diligence, that is, uh, yeah. It was like, genuinely, he, he said, hello, Tom. Uh, Hello, Tom. And I was like, you know, you're all right. And I said, because actually, weirdly, hello, 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 Tom. And I said, I'd done the scaffolding on Buckingham Palace, which is a true story about 30, 40 years ago. I'd done that. Yeah. And he said, uh, uh, no doubt, you you had been nurturing and watering that little story in your mind, ready to drop you know the, the bomb. Do you know, right, I'm going to level with you, Ron, because you know me. I tried the material out on nearly every one of the way in there. And of course I'm you did. Sure, of course you did. I'm pretty, I'm sure, pretty sure I heard at least three people going, my oh God, is that big guy said about fucking the scaffold? The scaffold. Why is he telling everyone? Me, could we keep the scaffolding man away from me? Because he's, As I moved on to talk to somebody else, he said, that isn't the end of the story. I'll come and catch up with you later, Chaz. <laughs> His big calloused hands were sweating at mine. <laughs> He said, he was quite cool, he just said, oh, he did a good job, it's still standing. It was a very amazing moment, I've got to say. Mm. But my favourite moment, I, I phoned my dad after, and my dad said to me, that's funny, I, was, I just met uh, King Charles, I've been in the palace, and my dad went, how big is he, is he bigger than me? Oh, Insane question to say. Yeah. Do you reckon <laughs> I could take him in a row? Well, it's pretty much what he's insinuating. He went, uh, what are sandwiches like? And I went, oh, just cucumber. He went, just cucumber? Well, did he have any sausage rolls, pasties? I was like, no, just cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> Your dad's such a legend. Yeah, it was like, uh, do you know what? Nice. Do you know um, I did their Christmas party? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, the Prince's Trust? No, it was Charles and Camilla's staff Christmas party at Clarence House. What? Yeah. Like this kept, is, when did you do this? This is before he was king. This is like... It was a few years ago. Well, yeah, ago. he's only become king this year, like in the last yeah. fucking two so, months. So I just got a, an email going... Um, wow. Prince Charles and Camilla would like you to do their staff Christmas do. So I went along to do this, to do stand up. Did you meet him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th they were like sat in these two kind of throne like chairs at the front of the room, and then all their staff are the audience of the gig. And so I turned up there, and they're like magicians and shit like that. And it's like, it's pretty. Mulhern? Was, Mulhern wasn't there, no. More's the pity. But um, I. Uh, <laughs> One of the things that happened was, first of all, none of the staff would laugh at the joke until I enter at any of my jokes until Charles and Camilla sort of started laughing. So there was like a half wow. a second delay because um, they they were very nervous about booking me because I don't know who'd ask for it to be me, but I know that the person Camilla, booking, I reckon, I reckon Camilla would be a big Romish fan. Yeah, I think so. She's got that about her, hasn't she? I think uh, she's definitely no. got. She likes the owl. Yeah, she's got an owlish. She's an owl. She's got an owlish yeah. quality about her, hasn't she? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I did the gig and they were really nervous. They kept reiterating to me to not do anything, you know, too offensive or whatever. So I, I, I wasn't a prick. I, I, I listened to the brief and I delivered a, a, a royal suitable set at the, right. uh, at the thing. And then I got taken to a room next door and then I got to meet them afterwards. And Charles didn't talk to me that much. He just said, we very much enjoyed what you what you did and then um he moved on and then um but camilla said to me uh charles and i very much enjoy how little you feel the need to be politically correct i was like oh and i didn't think i i don't think i do not feel the need what to be i politically love correct. is that camilla is clearly a massive fan of yours i think camilla's got a little bit of a naughty crush you're in you're basing that on the no because she thinks you're naughty and a bit bad <laughs> <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips at last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XE and Juvederm Ultra XE, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. 
That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all gel fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit www.juvederm.com. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like UGG, Samsung, and Expedia. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. That's Rakuten. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Were you nervous the entire? Was it one of these things where you're 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 nervous the entire time you're there, basically, or, or was it? No, like- no, I was nervous for the award ceremonies. Actually, going to Buckingham Palace was an amazing thing. What is it like, in- like? What is it like inside there? Amazing gaff, incredible place. Did you take? I mean, a shit it's there? a little bit like a national. No, no, no. I had two weeks I had there. Okay. I just, I just. Is it sit down? To- is it sit down toilet or is there urinals? No, they've got lovely sit down toilets, but they're those like nice wooden seats. So, so your so in. your ass has touched. The seat of the toilet, I imagine. Yeah, but these were very much, I think, like staff toilets. I don't think Charles is using them unless he's getting home from like the cinema and he's got to run in quickly. It's the first time it's ever occurred to me that Charles take, might take a shit, you know. Oh, man, I, I bet, yeah, I bet he does. Yeah, of yeah, course he does. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I don't think he's Kim Jong un. I'm not debating whether he take, has to take a shit or not. I'm just saying, like, well, I think the... Charles is what I love about him. I think he's very down to earth. And I think he's a, he's got a good soul. I'm I'm all about that vibe, man. How do you know that? Like, How do you know that? I can, mate, I'm very good at like I can I can look in his eyes, and when I talk to him, I insist on looking in his, and I could feel that from him a very fucking good energy. And I watched him in that room. At one point, I just sort of like stood on my own, not out of choice. It's because a lot of people they didn't really want to talk to me, and uh, a lot of people were like, oh, "Yeah, I've heard the scaffolding story, mate." Um, <laughs> And I watched him with other people. And, and whether he was chatting to Ryland or Bugsy or uh, Holly Willoughby or, you know, one of these young kids. Who's, so who's if, whichever one of the famous people he was talking to, he was like... No, but also, no, I'd say that the young people that were there and the older, the volunteers from Prince's Trust, he actually gave them more time than anyone. Yeah. You know, he's, he, I, I think he's a good guy. I yeah, think he's a good egg. That. Yeah, yeah. No, I've respect much, for uh, someone who makes time for others. Yeah. I think that's an important well, thing Well, that's, like. that's his job, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> no, he's, yeah, he, he's he, not. But I'm just saying, like, I don't. No, I'm not. Listen, what? It's I, all I, of my my job, your job to an extent, is yeah. to, to. But it's to a give bit a like bit saying back. I really appreciate Rom taking the time to deliver 90 minutes of stand up that night. Mate, yeah, I do when I, when I see you do stand up. Yeah, what I'm saying is that's my. I appreciate job. you. No, no, no. Here's the difference, right? Okay. And this is a problem, point of modern society. Yeah. There's getting up and doing 90 minutes of stand-up because you've got to do it because it's your job and being okay at it. And there's uh, somebody gets up for 90 minutes and absolutely does their absolute best to give everyone in that room a memorable evening that they can go home from and that everyone in there has enjoyed it, you've enjoyed it, and you've given something to everyone who's brought a ticket. There's Charles, who for me is, I think, when he when he worked that room, and I can only speak for the, you know, 
but he seemed like he he loved being there and he talked to everyone. It didn't feel like he, so. There's a matter of someone taking the time. Like if you walk in and a shop assistant says, "Oh, what are you after today?" and you're like a pair of trousers, and they help you find the best pair of trousers for you. You sorry, you walk, you, you walk into a shop. And they say, how can I help you? And you, you say, I'd like a pair of trousers. You do that, do you? Yeah. I've, 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 like you're in an episode of Mr. Ben. Like you, you, you just go, I would like a pair of trousers. I would, well, like, I your, you, I would like your very I'll, best trousers, please. No, I'll, I'll, I'll walk, I'll walk in and I'll say, well, oh, hello, Mr. Hello, sir. And I'll say, oh, hi, I'm, I'm after a pair of uh, chinos. Or I'm after a pair of cargo pants. I don't think I've ever... ever, I don't think what? ever I've never done. What do you that. do when you go in there? Well, you know you they, they they have stuff on the, on display, don't they? You know, yeah, like, of I, they do. I, I'd understand that if you're walking into a shop where it's just a person behind the counter and there's nothing. Which I out think there. would be good, by the way. I think actually sometimes with shops it would be better to have everything in a room where you can't see it. Yeah. So that you just walk in and then there's and there's like a changing room and some members of staff out the back and you say and they're like, oh hello, what are you after? And I was like, oh you know, I would love, I'd love a jumper. What sort of jumper after you? Well, a red one with a sort of figurine on the front. Yeah. And then, you know, they go out the back and they go, oh, we haven't got anyone, but we've got a blue one with a tortoise. And you go, oh, I'll try that on, please. And then instead, because I actually sometimes go in shops and get absolutely befuzzled by all of the different things there. And sometimes don't buy anything because it's just so much. Well, first of all, what I would say is you must get such a massive hard-on when you go into Argos. And secondly... Uh, what I would say is I do agree with that choice thing sometimes because I do believe that for some products, there's too much choice. And actually, it delays you. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you go in and buy mayonnaise, not that I would because it's morally reprehensible because it's got eggs in it. But if you were buying mayonnaise, there's about 30, you know, it's impossible to choose. You know, mayonnaise is what you saying is you think it would be better if there was like one sort of almost like one type of mayonnaise or like two. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but my other thing is, and I don't know if you get this as a bigger guy, I'll go into a shop and there's loads of different stuff, and I'll go, Oh my god, I really like this, I really like that. So we only go up to a large or an extra large, we haven't got that in your size. Mm. So my hopes get up. Whereas it, it, I did actually the other day in Night Town. I went into fight. Just I was like, I really wanted a new pair of trainers. Can I just talk I just have... before you get into this thing about Night Town? Yeah. I find Night Town quite intimidating. I yes, yeah, so as a shopping. I think Night Town's arguably the worst shopping in the world. Wow! <laughs> I genuinely think like, you think uh, Night Town. You talking about Oxford Street Night? You think Oxford yeah. Street Night Town is the worst shop in the world? I think it's. I, yeah. I would. I would agree with you if Kingdom of Sweets wasn't two doors down from that shop. <laughs> right, Kingdom of Sweets. You can go in, right, and you can get the sweets you want. Yeah. Night Town, and you know, I mean, and you know, you're supporting an underground criminal network. Do you what? Know what I mean, is that what it is? Well, that's the rumor about what, Kingdom like, of Sweets. What, like in Chitty Bang Bang? I hope I don't get fucking. Am I going to get turned over for this? I, what in Chitty Bang? You don't know, like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with the kid catcher? Is it like that? No, no. But apparently it's a front, isn't it? I don't know if I'm. I'll be careful throwing that about if I was you. Well, I didn't realise you were going to fucking interrogate me further. It was just supposed to be a throw throwaway joke. Well, yeah, but you're always lurking around that bit of London. Yeah, I'm always around there. Ne- next time I go in there to buy some fucking. Well, Oreo. you'd be careful because your boys have got sweet teeth. Obviously, with that fucking prime, you're fucking filling them up with. First right, of all, um, how how dare you? Ins- Listen, I don't mind you having a go. How? Dare you suggest that I don't parent my children properly, you fucking animal? <laughs> anyway, go on, go on. You went into Nike Town. So I've seen just... you walking around fucking Oxford Street like you're fucking god of the world with big bags of sweets to take home. Here I we go. Fucking... Here we go. Look at this. Okay, right. National Crime Agency is urged to crack down on American candy shops. Oh, they're not a criminal. Oh, this is totally. Uh, National Crime Agency has urged to crack down on American candy shops as it emerges there are 29 stores on Oxford Street and they own £9 million in unpaid business rates. So it's not quite what I thought, but anyway. Well, yeah, it's hardly gangs of New York, is it? Well, how could it be? It's in London. Oh, yeah, gangs of London. Anyway, right. Yeah, go on. Night Town, you go in there. Uh, Size 12 for me is not an abnormal size trainer. No, for you it's not because it's your size. No, no, but it's it's the top, it's the biggest trainer of you know. I, I went in to Night Town, so Night Town for me should have every kind of trainer that they're selling in every size, probably up to a thirteen from yeah. a one. Yeah, got you right. I reckon I must have tried, picked out at least twelve trainers, 
and none of them had a size 12. It was genuinely got to the point where I felt like, I felt literally... So Nike Dan didn't have 12 in anything? No. And did they, did they say to you, we're out of stock, or did they say, we just don't... Well, no, they, 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 if I'm honest with you, salesman was very much in keeping with the whole of the story. It's like, I was actually... An inconvenience. Was like, yeah, an inconvenience to him being in there trying to buy something. Yeah, he yeah. kept on sighing and then walking over. I saw him walking over to, might because I was telling the scaffold story, trying to run that by before I went to the palace. Nice. <laughs> he kept on going back to his colleagues and I could hear, see him whispering and they all looked over and then he came back and went, sorry, mate, we haven't got that in a 12 either. And I was like, what about this one on that one? And then I said to him, can you just tell me what you have in a 12? And he went, the system doesn't work like that. I thought, if the system did, it would save everyone here, e.g. the two of us, a lot of time. Mm. You could just say, I've got this, this, and this, and I'd go, well, I, I like that one, or I don't like that one. And you didn't, t- you didn't say leave. all of this, did you? I mean, this is insane. Yeah, of course you I said it. explaining yeah. it in this level of detail. Yeah, because he needed to be explained to him. Mm. Um, I found it very frustrating. Well, I'm size 11, and... Oh, by uh, the way, you're what? making me feel like, like you're like, oh, you're a size 12. <laughs> poking fun at size 12. You're a size off me. I didn't poke... I could f- squeeze in your trainers. How did, I, how did I poke fun at your size 12? When did I poke... F- I, did, give me the direct quote where I took the piss out of you being size <laughs> Well, 12. I took man and went, so, size 12 isn't a regular size. You mean, no, it's not a regular size because oh, you know it's what? your size. No, no, but you said it's not an abnormal size for me. Doesn't make sense. Of yeah, course not. Went, well, yeah, it's not an abnormal shot for you because it's your side. You had your sniper rifle ready. No, I didn't. You're just, I don't, you've listen, not wanted to the. You've not wanted to the chamber. No, let me let me tell you something, right? <laughs> I, I was merely making a comment on the way that you phrased that. I don't think there's anything on. I don't think there's anything right. bad. I'm going to tell you now. You leant back. You took a sip of prime. Mm. You licked your lips, and you fucking came flying in two foot. There we go. And this is what happens now. You say you, you're like fucking Donald Trump of this podcast. You, you insistently say things that are fundamentally untrue and people start to fucking believe you. Anyway, the point I was trying to make... You, would, if, I, if I'm here, who are you? Are you Joe Biden? Are you Barack Obama? Bill Clinton? I'm so, I, w- I wish I was Barack Obama, except for the drone stuff. Um, but um, I... Uh... <laughs> Whenever... I, I, I've stopped doing it as much now, but when, it, when I went through my phase of like trying to get hold of, like, limited edition trainers off resellers. As soon as you tell them you're a size 11, they're out of the game. They're just like, I just don't get, we don't have any call for 11s. If you're, if you're a size 8 or a size 9, yeah. your life is fucking made in Mate, the it's the Mate, it's the same as if you're a fucking medium or large in clothes. Yeah. yeah it yeah. must be a fucking absolute cakewalk. Yeah. Um, so, I listen, I feel for you. And it's really annoying because... What you've done is, I imagine, what I've, what I, well, what anybody does is you, you scour and scour, and eventually you find the pair of trainers that you think, do you know what? These are the ones, man. I feel good about this. I can, in my mind's eye, I can see what outfits these would go with. I'm going to walk up there. I'm going to get myself a pair of these, and then they go, we haven't got them, and then, and that's bad enough. When it happens twice in a row, which it has done to me, you just. You just feel devastated. I don't know but why. You feel devastated. <laughs> and you know, do you know the thing that frustrates me is that they go, yeah, you could probably get them online. And I'm like, don't you see? Don't you see that everything will go online and what you're doing here for a job won't be a thing? And well, that's actually, the heartbreaking thing. Well, you say that. So. I, enjoy going, I enjoy going in the shop. I enjoy yeah, chatting I to someone. But I think there'll be a point where, and I think they, they already do this, okay, because... I think there's the thing where they just have the store to have the store. They don't give a shit if they actually sell anything to you. It's just a, it's just the experience. And then you go and buy it online. Cause yeah, but me and Catherine went out the other day shopping and we had an amazing time just being out, actually shopping, seeing clothes, buying some few bits, mainly for Isn't Catherine it amazing that you're talking about that, like, that like it's, uh, yeah, like it's, it's an experience? So you walk yeah. into the shop and the stuff is, is there in front of you. You can actually look and touch it and sort of interact <laughs> with it. And then you can but, buy it. You're, you're describing but, a shop. But to my point, the due diligence that you see from some people who actually really enjoy what they're doing, mm. that gives me a kick. I always shake a hand and I'm like, as, a, as we're leaving, like I'll just sort of make sure, like Catherine and Grace will be sort of leaving the shop and I'll make sure I'll skip back and say to someone, yo, yeah, thank you for being amazing. Well, look, first of all, I wouldn't leave a shop and then go back in to do that. I would sort of just deal with it in the initial transaction of thanking them. And I, I do think you're absolutely right to... Give credit to people that to people that work in retail. They go through it, right? They oh, they, right, they properly cool. go through it. So, if somebody's giving you good service, then 
I think it's a nice thing to sort of be grateful. On the other side of that, I would also say that I'm pretty tolerant of people giving you shit service because I, I just feel like as long as they've got it right, I don't really care if they're being friendly or, or anything. Not because I don't value that, but I just sort of think I, I don't know what you've gone through today. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get you know, that. Yeah. You, you know, sometimes you just sort of think, I don't know how but you... you know what's, what would be interesting is if you went into a, sh- a store, someone was quite rude to you and a bit moody, and then you, you, you see, you're like, oh, fair enough, they might have had a bad day. Yeah. And then maybe give it two weeks, go back in and see what they're like then. And then you maybe give, try three times... And at the end of it, you go, well, actually, they're just not very nice as a So person, what are you doing? You're endorsing what? You become some sort of stalker for this member of staff, do you? Is that what you're, is that what you're advocating? No, I'm just saying that you kind of want to build up an idea before you make a perception. Why are you bothering to make a perception about anybody? Who the fuck are you? Compiling a dossier <laughs> on people that serve you in a shop. I'm just saying, it's good to get an idea before no, you it make isn't. Okay. No, it isn't. Can I just say, look, look fundamentally, it's, that is not a good idea. It's not a good thing to, co- to to collate evidence on this person that you could have a perception about what no, they're like. No, but what a moment, what a moment of turning around and going, um, oh, thanks for this uh, jumper. By the way, Ian, I don't know if you remember, I came in here two weeks ago and you were actually, um, I think you must have been going through something, you were quite moody with me. But today you're an absolute joy, my friend. So, yeah. you know, thank you. Here's my and he, and Here's he my says, heart. yeah, we've seen you coming into the shop and you're not actually allowed within 500 yards of me. So I don't know what's happening now. <laughs> I just think it's like, I think people say, oh, yeah, that thing about, oh, yeah, first impressions. I think that's important. But I think actually it's third, fourth impressions. Because I think one of the most rewarding parts of life is when you think, oh, actually, you know what? I made a perception about you that was completely wrong, my friend. And you've actually proved to be a very, you know, abnormally brilliant person. Mm, I mean... (laughs) I don't know how happy anybody would be to be described as abnormally brilliant. But um, the, anyway, the, what I would say is I totally feel you on that trainer thing. That, that is annoying. It's happened to me before. I, I, I've had it where um, I get really stroppy, actually. Having said all of that stuff about custom service, I do get quite stroppy. Like, what, Is it Ed's Diner? I think it's closed down mm. in Crawley, but there was Ed's Diner Good. in Crawley. And I walked in there and we... I was having, I think my mum was there, Lisa and the kids. And sat down and they had a veggie breakfast, but I don't eat eggs, obviously. And so what I wanted was the veggie breakfast without the eggs, right? It was a very simple kind of request. So I said, and I don't know why they why they did this. I've got no idea why this would be a problem. But anyway, we ordered, everybody ordered and we left it. I went last. I said, could I get the veggie breakfast, but I'm vegan. So do you mind if I don't have the eggs? And they go, we can't do that. What? And I That's said, insane. I know. I said, sorry, what? I said, it's not our policy. We can't, um, we can't do it without the eggs. And I said, I said, <laughs> I, I sort of reacted like you did. I went, but you just cook everything apart from the eggs, right? Like, and and they go, yeah, we can't. The breakfast comes as they come. We can't. I, I thought, if I was in the mood, I would have said, so sorry. Have you got a load of plates of pre-assembled breakfast that you're just sort of heating up and whacking out? I mean, I, I, I can't understand why that's not in ed steiner all the ed steiners they will be working they'll, they'll plate them up as they come so okay yeah thank you tom thank you for that um anyway i couldn't be bothered to, but i couldn't be bothered to argue i just thought this this is not this person's fault if that's what they think the policy is that's what the policy is i'm not gonna have a go at them but i, Can I, I just sort of, say go on as well just jumping on on this to this point i think if you call something ed steiner you should have at least one member of the staff called ed yeah, and that's why I always think you should have somebody called McDonald in, in every... No, no, McDonald's. no, well, that's different. And, and not, somebody like, should always you, be wearing a crown in Burger King. What the fuck are no, you talking about? No, when you call a business by someone's first name, right, you know, like Ryan's hair or, I don't know, Kelly's nails, I think you should have, like, at least one person there with that name. So it actually makes it feel more special. Yeah, and then you get idiots like you turning up and then you're served by somebody called Ed and you go, wow, wow. This is what an incredible honour. Well, number one, to, you to get come the fucking hilarious the joke of going, how did you come up with a name, Ed? Right? But also, it's nice. It's not... Why do, you want to su- why do you want to subject that guy to hearing that a hundred times a day? <laughs> and then, but, it, you know what? It's a special feeling when you walk in and it's Ed Steiner and you go, oh, oh wow, Ed. Um, yeah, can I get, you know, uh, two banoffee pies and two cups of coffee, please? Right? 
it's like, wow, there's fucking actually Ed's here. It's a special you, you, moment. What I would a say bit is like meeting the king. Yeah, I'd say you and I have got a very different idea about what a special moment is. Uh, anyway, listen, uh, we've got to do emails here. So uh, let's get... Let, let, let's... <laughs> oh, by the way, before we get into the emails, I ate a printed burger last night. What? A printed burger. What's a printed burger? 3D printed burger I ate last night. Where was this? Whoa, 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 whoa. I was doing a gig at the Tommy Field in Kennington. Beautiful and, gig. James Gill's a legend. Yeah, so I met up with James beforehand to have a spot of dinner pre-gig. And uh, at the Tommy Field? At the Tommy Field, yeah. Well, and, the printed burger was at the Tommy Field. Yeah, they, they don't print them there. But like, but they, she said to me, oh, we've got a new vegan burger. If you, she know, the, the very nice lady that runs a gaff. Yeah. She said, so we've got, we've got a new vegan burger here. It's 3D printed. And so I said, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try that. And so I had it. It was insane. It was like... I can't fathom this. Well, that, okay. So this conversation I'm having with you now is exactly the conversation I had with Lisa in the car on the way home. So I was on my way home and I phoned her to talk to her about the gig. And then I said to her, I've had a 3D printed burger for dinner. And she goes, what are you talking about? This is the tone she so took. Hold it, mate. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, I had a 3D print, I had a printed burger. She goes, that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist is what she said. This is the first thing. I've, li- I've just told her I've had it because it doesn't exist. Yeah, but she might have been thinking you were being like silly or for she. Okay, okay, listen, I'd like to think she knows enough about me to know that I wouldn't fucking say that as banter. So, so, <laughs> so I, I said, I had so a it. They print it with food. What do you mean they print it with food? So it's printed with, like, so they've got a big printer and they print it with no, food. No, no, like, no, no. Not in the, not in the, not at the Tommy Field, they don't. They buy them in. Hold on, let right. me have a look. Um, creates meat substitutes from plant-based ingredients using a version of 3D printing. It calls additive manufacturing. So it's like 3D... Is it just a burger? Do they print the bun as well or just a burger? No, no, no. The burger, it's just the burger that's printed. Wow. That's still pretty cool. Oh my God, it sounds quite... When you read into it, it's actually quite disgusting. In a process known as multi-material food printing, designed for alternative meat, the printer lays down blood, fat and protein simultaneously according to the digital structure mimicking that of an animal meat. My God. Anyway, what I would say is I've not eaten a real burger in years, but I, I, I will tell you this now. It tasted like meat to me. Wow. But, um, sort of want to go and gig at uh, Tommyfield, just have one of those. Now. Well, I believe that you can just go and eat there without doing a gig there. You can. Yeah, I know, but if I'm going there, I feel like I should gig as well. Gig, cause I love yeah, it. It's yeah. the best gig in London by a long way. Yeah. I ate the burger quite close to the gig, though, which I would... Worst I mean, thing I was, you can do. Yeah, I mean, I was eating it as the audience were coming in, so it was probably bad. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some from my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I've noticed now because you know um, Gratz, who's the most, he does the Wolfen Out, he does all of your tour manager. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, Gratz is a G. So Gratz has got my eating before gigs in a better place than it was. I wasn't eating, I was having lunch and not eating and getting quite faint before a gig. So Gratz has got 
my eating schedule into a place. What do you mean he's got your eating? I mean, this is something that he's not had to do for... By the way, Grazio, Grazio Abella, tour manager extraordinaire, one of the best in the game, right? I Has think done the best in the game. Tour manager, tour manager for most of the... So many massive comedians, right? And now, tour, yeah. uh, you know, he must be thinking, this is my fucking legacy. I'm taking around the wolf and owl on their fucking tour. But... um. I don't think, with all the people he's worked with, he's ever had to do an eating schedule for somebody he's tour managing. So, no, so what, what is he having to do for you? He just makes sure I've had a, like, a chicken sub or a uh, and, and a bag of crisps at around sort of six o'clock. Oh my god! It sounds it's... No, it sounds what it is <laughs> pathetic. But I find it very really caring, and it makes me really happy that I have him in my life. Yeah, not caring enough. It makes, you know what? It makes it makes me feel that someone's looking out for me. <sighs> okay, and I think that's a nice thing in life. But it's a lovely thing in life. Really nice. Yeah. No. Sometimes it's nice to have someone in your corner. Yeah, and I'd like yeah. to take this opportunity. Gratz has now become a friend of mine. And I'd like to say to Gratz on behalf of Tom, thank you so much, and I'm so sorry uh, <laughs> because it's it's my fault that you two got involved with each other. So, um, right, let's. Let's do some emails. Oh, uh, Once again, thank you to the Swan for selecting the emails. She did it late last night when I remembered to tell her that we were doing the podcast today. Uh, this is from the Testy Eurasian Lynx. Wow. To Wolf, Al, Swan and Cat. In your recent BAFTA The Future episode, the imitated... By the way, big shout out to JT for the episode naming. We, we yeah, can't he's claim... amazing. We no, can't claim any responsibility for most of what's good about this podcast, actually, is the truth. Is JT. Yeah. Uh, Wolf, Al, Swan and Cat. In your recent BAFTA The Future episode, the imitating iguana wrote in to tell you that they have found themselves imitating the owl. Uh, my mother, the dizzy red squirrel, has taken to modelling herself on the wolf. For about a year now, she's been replying to any news or mildly interesting WhatsApp message with wowzers. She drops... <laughs> I like that that's my legacy. She drops a do you into conversation whenever she can. It's taken to talking about the two of you in the same way she might keep me up to date with my cousins. Oh, can you say cousin, please? Cousin. Cousin, yeah. I'm quite glad you think... I say cousin. Cousin, like there's a Z in it. Yeah. This is you trying to. This is you trying to be cool in America. I knew, right? Do you know what you 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 become incredibly predictable now? I knew you. I knew well, yeah, you. We're best friends, but of course I'm going to fucking. But it's not like you. I reckon you could go out to anyone if you've been on the bus and you turn to the conductor and go on a, oh, uh, just just to check it out the road. Yeah, I'm going to go and see my cousin. He turned around and go, "Why are you trying to be American?" That's not what you said though, is it? You said you're trying to be cool. Because, well, yeah. yeah, because in his head, he's thinking, yeah, he doesn't I, know you well enough. To yeah, know. Yeah. I'm hoping that somebody goes, oh, what, Have you seen Rom recently? Yeah, man, like, God, that guy's a fucking legend. Have you heard the way he says cousin? Yeah, but you, it's you've mad. got ways. When you say certain words that do certain things, either the prime comes up or the vape comes up. Oh, God. <laughs> why, you do, why do you do this? Why well, do you, you're, not, you're not you a nice, a... you're not a nice person, you know. I am a nice person, but look, look. When you go back and watch this, watch it, right? When you say things, certain things, the vape will come up, and if you're feeling extra sugary or like you're actually extra cool, you'll take a sip. So you've got all this sweetness that's rolling around in your mouth. <laughs> you've got a cherry coke vape followed by a fucking hit of prime. Oh God. Um... <laughs> anyway. Let's carry on with this email. You absolutely yeah. turn me out. You, you're, basically, I'm on the floor in the fetal position and you're giving me an absolute no, fucking shoe. No, no, I'm just saying. There. There's a lot of times, at times at the moment, with this vaping and the prime, you're like a 14-year-old boy who's just like got a new paper around and you're absolutely fucking cake Anyway, let's carry on with the email. <laughs> Go on, my brother. <laughs> um, I'm quite glad she thinks the wolf is doing a bit with the arts pebble. Or, or she'll be filling the freezer as you speak. Can I just say something? The wolf is not doing a bit. No, he, that's true. He does that. have an arse pebble or a number of arse pebbles. I can okay. actually show you. That. I've got it in a bag now. I've got, um, shout out friends of mine, Tommy and Abby got me a little arse pebble bag. It was very nice. God. It's actually got a following this thing. I'm obviously <laughs> to blame for all this having induced her to the podcast. Have your parents taken on anything you've introduced into the point where it's pretty much become their thing, not yours? Uh, if this one selects this message, the dizzy red squirrel is obviously going to hear it and watching her trying to work out if it applies to her will be endlessly entertaining. Do you, the tasty Eurasian links? Tom, did I, I sort of fumbled that read, but do you understand the question? 
Yeah, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, my dad has a mild obsession with Ramesh. He thinks Ramesh is absolutely hilarious. And my mum. Well, my mum and dad, they sort of have taken like my friendship with my friendship with Ramesh to sort of almost feel that Ramesh is now a part of our family. Yeah. So I am Ramesh. Family, da- yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've never. I think my dad's. Has my dad met you? Yeah, met your dad. Yeah. Like he will basically, they'll talk about Ramesh like he's a, like if he's if they're in, in down a pub or something or they're out, they'll almost be like, "Oh, Tom and Ramesh are doing really, really well." Like we're brothers. Um, my dad's yeah is sort of very proud that he has a tenacious link with Ramesh. Um, I mean, this is insane, and and yeah, I but um, when uh, my uncle passed away, my uncle had met Ramesh on set and. A lot of talk at the funeral was that was one of his favourite days ever. Was meeting generally me coming to set and meeting Romish on the set of King Cameron. <laughs> he was really proud. And there was a picture of me, Romish, and my uncle in the little book thing you get before the funeral. It was like an insane thing. Like, <laughs> like you looked around this room and my uncle was a really popular man. And yeah. there was people just looking and thinking, why the fuck is there a picture? Not just about it's acceptable that Tom's in a picture. Because, like, it's his nephew. Was there a picture of, like... Like he was a sort of friend to the stars. So, <laughs> like... Uh, and if you looked at the pictures, arguably, he had pictures with a lot of his family and people around him in that. And I'd say that in the picture with me and Romish, he looked, or certainly Romish, he looked happier in that picture than he did on his wedding day. So I think, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, that would probably be the one that uh, my mm. family have sort of taken on. Yeah. yeah. My mum will, if I speak to my mum on the phone, she will always say, without any doubt, she'll say, yeah, how, how's Grace, how's Catherine, they all right? How's Rom, is Romesh all right? I'm like, yeah, he's fine. That's so lovely. That's really lovely. Oh, yeah, it's a sweet. Tell your mum I said thank yeah. you. Well, oh, actually, I'll tell her later. Um, now, <laughs> checking in. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean a 3D burger? <laughs> Well, she's I, uh, shit because she's a vegetarian. So yeah, my, my dad, um, my dad, God rest, God rest his soul. My dad, um, he he really got into my trainers. So um, when I was at school, I was. He'd love tra- this episode. Yeah, yeah. When I was at school, I, used to, <laughs> I used to. I I was into Jordans when I was a kid. And he used to put them on and come to pick me up from school just to sort oh, of. I love that, out. man. That's Do you love so that? Sweet. I found it really, really annoying. That's cool, though. Yeah, but what size of shoe was he? Was he at 11? Same as, well? as me, 11, yeah. Oh, wow, man. Um, but he. Uh, the other thing he did was he would sort of occasionally rummage through my wardrobe and sort of wear clothes of mine, just as and when took his fancy. And I bought a pair of um, Armani jeans. Right, and that, and I really had saved up a long time to to get these jeans. And yeah, like you know, yeah. you know so much so that you, did you ever do that thing where you sort of think, well, the only thing that shows you these are Armani is a little badge on the back. So yeah. uh, I'm embarrassed to say that I used to, oh God, I used to tuck that bit of my shirt into the thing so that the badge was shut. So like the opposite I, of a French tuck. Yeah, Dutch tuck. <laughs> so pathetic. Um, never really caught on that look, did it? No, no, it it's, didn't. It's rightly right. so, rightly so. Um, but I remember once uh, the jeans were faded. Do you remember when that, that was a big thing of like they yeah, were yeah. like distressed or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And my dad was going through my wardrobe. He was doing the gardening one day. Was looking. Man. Yeah, he found these jeans. Saw just assumed that they were destroyed and needed a pair of shorts to do the gardening. What? in. So cut the legs off the jeans and wore them as a pair of shorts to do to mow the lawn in, right? Oh um, now, two issues that. One, he hadn't spotted that these are jeans that I'd saved up for for fucking ages to buy, right? And just cut them up without checking with me or anything. Secondly, he cut them so short. It, I just basically walked out the back garden to see my dad wearing a pair of Armani Daisy Dukes as he mowed the lawn. <laughs> Just fucking, just doing a cakewalk around the back garden. It was absolutely horrifying. Anyway, um, did he? Did he? Did he invest in a new pair for you? No, he didn't. No. He had to resave. My dad was like, it was my dad was like an absolute legend. But stuff like that, he would just sort of go, you know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? What can I do? I remember I saving do? up for ages. Um, 
because I'd seen this pair of like similar thing like Versace, like the sort of distressed jeans in a window of a shop in Sutton. And I used to go past and I was like, I'm going to get them. And I remember similar to what we talked about, I went in, they didn't have those ones in my size. And then uh, there was a guy who used to work in the shop called Slick. He was quite a cool character, uh, obviously with a name like that. And he would, he went through, like, he basically tried to bring every pair of trousers out. Yeah. Like, of this Versace that would would potentially fit me. And nothing did apart from one pair that were pleather. And I brought the pleather pair mm-hmm. and started wearing them out. And the stick that I got from my mates, like, in, like, this must be 1998, 1999. That, that is quite a, a big of... move from you, though. You must have been slightly nervous when you turned up. Because, like, stuff like yeah, that, but... you know, when you go for a slightly different look. But you've got to own that moment as well, right? You can't yeah. just turn around and go, oh, these are the only ones that he had in the fucking 42 waist. You've just got to go, yeah, no, no, that's what I was after. I really wanted you've to got, you've got, You have to make a choice then. I think every, yeah. like, you know, because toxic, male friendship groups can be toxic. There's no oh, denying mate. that, right? And so... Because well, also Beckham had worn a, worn a pair, which I didn't know at the time, but he's not, worn a pair of not, I would, I'd say that's not helpful. No, because everyone just was like, "What are you going to wear next?" It's so wrong. Yeah, um, but you got you got a choice there. You either keep wearing them and front it out, and eventually get to a point where they just go, "That's a pair of trousers that Tom wears," or you do what most likely I would do, which is never ever wear them again. Well, I I I did something I did something like the first thing, but I I Marge Simpsoned it. Right. So when you have something like a pleather trouser, it's like a suit that's a bit outlandish. Yeah. Like Jonathan Ross busting, you know, Ross busts a nice suit, right? Yeah. John yeah, yeah. always has, you know, but he'll only wear it once. Yeah. Like if you wear a pair of pleather trousers, that's a that's a sort of New Year's Eve look, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can't then wear it down to sort of the pub after football on the Sunday and then on Wednesday you wear it out and then Thursday. And in the end, you know, like my Simpson when she's got that Chanel suit and she starts cutting it into different designs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of became, I'd try and wear the pleather trousers with nearly everything I had. All like, you know, someday I'd wear a shirt or a T-shirt. I actually, I respect this. I respect this as a move. Yeah, but it sort of became, it it, it showed me how much I've worn and that actually it was like, um, when I wore like just a pair of five or one, someone would go, where's your pleather trousers? Like my mm. pleather trousers have become a bigger character in the fucking friendship group than I was now. Mm. Well, it's a sad story, but listen, I respect you for, for sticking with it, man. It's, it's one yeah. of the reasons why I love you. Okay, this is from the disgusted Daegu. Hi, Wolf, Alan Swan. My question is about my boyfriend and his habit of... Oh, no. My question is about my boyfriend and his habit of spitting in the street, which he sees as socially acceptable and which I find myself repulsive. In every other way, my boyfriend is polite, well-mannered and always keen to make a good impression. But I'm concerned that his tendency to spit in public can come across as rude and that my family and friends eventually see him perform his disgusting habit and, after, and alter their opinion of him as a person. My boyfriend has lots of amazing qualities and is an awesome partner, but I feel like this one habit is really letting him down. So my question is, that either of you guys spitters or do you agree that spitting is disgusting? How do I let him know that he needs to keep his saliva to himself? Thanks for sexing my email. Love the pod. The disgusted Daegu. Uh, Tom Davis. Uh, well, I personally think this is. I think it. I think he's been. Sadly, um, uh, he's basically been led on by. I think the craze in football, Premier League football, um, with the snot and the spitting. It seems the only sport where it's socially acceptable to spit all the time is football. You don't see basketball players spitting on the court, do you? No, and they they uh, exert themselves in similar ways. I think it's a very good point, yeah. Tom. Yeah, American footballers. I can't remember. It seems like Premier. Well, not just Premier League, but footballers seem to find it. You know, you, I've never seen a boxer who arguably in those three minutes is knocking themselves out, spitting on the floor. They'll spit into a cup and they'll, you know. So I think with, I think that makes it so... I think it's a disgusting thing when you see someone spitting in the street. I think it's just... or You, you know what's really bad when you walk past, you see a fresh bit of spit, gob that someone's done on the street. Sometimes cool. there's no getting around it, right? If, you, if, you, if, you're, if you've got a cold, you've got some phlegm, but even then, pull yourself off the big street and just down a little side alley or into a crux and have a little like gob up then. But I, I just, yeah, I think it should be. I think if, if that is a problem that he has, if he has an undue amount of phlegm, he should just have a little, um, like, just get, like, you know, what the babies have. Because actually, that's in a sense what he is a big baby. Um, 
is uh, you should have like a little beaker that he carries around with a lid on it. He like a spit that. beaker. Yeah. Yeah. And then if someone goes, what's that? It's my spit beaker. And says, someone says, oh, that's disgusting. That's really gross. And then he'll go, oh, actually, it is a bit. Um, maybe I shouldn't carry it. Or maybe you shouldn't just spit everywhere. Mm. I think it's, it's, you know, it's akin to litter bugs, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I um, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think it's absolutely rank. I think it's so, so disgusting. And I've had like, I remember, I, I, as I read this email, I had this vivid memory of like me taking the kids down to the shops, our local shops. And this guy sort of, as we were walking past, sort of spitting sort of across my path. I don't know if he was doing it to be sort of hard or whatever. It's just rank. And um, I think you need to tell your boyfriend to stop. It's not okay. It's horrible. And I want you to imagine, you know, if you imagine everybody did that regularly, do you know what I mean? Like, what what the fuck's going on? It's horrible. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, you just the 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 streets would be ba- like listened in spit. Yeah, it's just untenable as a situation, and he needs to stop. You don't need to do it. It's rank. So please, on behalf of you, Dago, I would implore your boyfriend stop. Please stop spitting in the Actually, street. As well, it's you know, and may I shout you out, Ron? Because I was there the night that. That, that incredible bit of stand-up that you've put out, and it's on your um, Instagram. I was there that night. I think it was an amazing message. Oh, cheers. Um, and I think it was a brilliant uh, observation, but also um, incredibly delivered. But I actually think that, aside, aside you, he'll be doing this with his friends. Yeah. I actually think, again, it should be something that they're turning around and going, mate, why do you, why, that's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. They need to do and that. And someone's saying that. Because you'd hope that, you know, when you do something as gross as that, that someone says something. Yeah. So listen, Daegu, good luck with that. Uh, I hope it all works out. But, uh, you know, in our opinion, and, you know, we're not the uh, ultimate authority, but uh, he needs to stop. Right, Tomo. Yo. Do you want to do the good thing? Let's do it, baby. Bowser was a dog. My God. Like any regular dog, he lived on a sweet, sweet street um, with other dogs who lived two doors down, three doors down, four doors down. And most days his owner would take him for a walk and he'd be let off his lead and in the park he'd run with the other dogs and he'd chat to them and they'd chat to him. But a lot of times he wouldn't have much uh, in common with them apart from save the fact that they were dogs. Then one day he was playing in his garden. He sort of like slowed down and sort of sat in the shade and took a rest from the sun. And a lonely cat came in and he said to the cat, oh, hello, how are you? Are you okay? Like, what are you doing in my garden? And the cat was like, I always just go from garden to garden. My owner actually lives like six miles away, but um, I only go there like twice a week. And the dog says, well, don't you worry about being fed or don't you worry about being cleaned or don't you worry about somewhere to sleep? And the cat's like, no, I'll find a way. The dog says, what are you interested in? And the cat says, oh, chasing bumblebees. And the dog's like, shit, I like chasing bumblebees. And a friendship is born and a friendship's blossomed. Anyhow, uh, the dog invites the cat one day to sort of stay and have some tea with him. Um, and as they're sitting in the garden eating tea together, uh, his owner comes out and goes, shoo, 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 get away, get, get, get. And the cat runs off. And the dog is quite sad about this. Uh, so the next day, the dog sits and waits and the and the cat comes back and the dog and the cat start chatting and the owner comes running out again and says, shoot, get out, get out, get bad cat, bad cat. This happens three or four times and after a while the cat just thinks, well, you know what? I can't be bothered to go and see that dog as much as I like him. It just feels that, you know, we're not supposed to be together. <laughs> so the dog waits most days for the cat to turn up. Mm, he never does again. And from there, the dog sort of takes a bit of a nosedive. He starts to stop eating. He starts starts not wanting to go out for a walk. And he starts to feel quite sad and morose. And his owners are like, oh, what happened to... I can't remember his name from the start of the story now. Um, <laughs> what's happened to him? He, still, he used to be such a lovely dog. Mm. And then they start realising, actually, the cat that used to pop by used to feel his spirit full of sweetness and kindness. And actually, him and the cat had a lot in common. Mm. And the owner goes out one night and sort of drives around in the neighbourhood looking for the cat. And she finds him just sitting under a lamppost doing what cats will do. And she puts him in the car and she takes him back and opens the gate and the dog's sitting there all sad and the cat, well, the cat runs in and the dog goes crazy, the cat goes crazy. They smile and then she makes some spaghetti, a bit like Lady, Lady and the Tramp, and they sit and they chat. The moral of the story is this. <laughs> Friendships can be built in strange ways. 
sometimes you can come from different neighborhoods you can be different space species from different worlds but there'll be a talking point or something there are light inside of you a bit like me and Prince Char- uh, King Charles or me and Pugsy Malone friendship is a really really sacred thing check in don't judge and always remember this friends can come in all shapes and sizes Shasha each and every one of them what did he say? Shasha. Yeah, I got really excited at the end. <laughs> Treasure each and every one of them. <laughs> it's, a, it's an ode to friendship. Much friends like your friends can come in every shape and size. Shersha yeah. every one of them. You know like, what? Like, I think that's great advice. Shersha your friends. <laughs> and, you know, Shersha every moment you have with them. You know? <laughs> these these moments should be Shershaed. Great. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, Tom. That was beautiful. And I totally agree with the sentiment. Um, I was listening to uh, a playlist the other day and I discovered a song I haven't listened to for a long time. We're going to play us out. Hopefully, JT, if you can find it. Well, you will be able to find it. It's Chris Coleco with Orangutan. Ooh. Guys, take care of yourselves. We love you very much. Peace out. people. My loves. Get off the seat of my pants, I wanna knuckle up and beat him up fancy King of the jungle, I beat a chimpanzee I never give a single fuck on the man Never ran the city of Kansas, Banshee You can't But I've been around a real minute and then I did it all I'm in I've been all around the planet and then I'm gonna show him how you make a novelty pop When he can chop and he's as hot as you can possibly stand him away Number one draft pick up, speed him, beat him Niggas get the ass kicked when I see him, weed him Get them in the plastic when I weed him, keep him Sick of white, black shit, crying freedom, freedom Thinking of mashed potatoes at night Maybe sick in the past, saving, maybe sipping on gas and the paid delight I might be giving the bath to my label, finger to my cable TV, Cali, baby, and I'm ready to fight an orangutan If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.